<laughs> All right. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the Gospel of Matthew. We continue our stu study in the parables of Jesus. Today we're going to be dealing with uh, the parable of the laborers. You would turn to Matthew chapter 20. We're going to be covering verses 1 through 16. As you're turning to that, though, I'm going to read another verse, which will uh, uh, come in later, but I want to go ahead and read it now. It says, and if by grace, this is Paul writing in the book of Romans, he says, and if by grace there is no, excuse me, let me read that again. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. And now we go to Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. And it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had, and when, now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out, and about the third hour, he saw others standing aside in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went, and again he went about the sixth hour, and the ninth hour he did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and he went out and he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first shall be last. For many are called, and few are chosen. May God add the blessing, and let's unite our hearts together again in prayer. Father, once again we come to you, and we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, God, for the opportunity that you give me to share your word to others. And, Father, I just ask you, Lord, that you be with me this morning. 
I pray, God, that you give me wisdom and discernment. I pray for your anointing that I'll be able to uh, <clears throat> share the message that you have laid on my heart. God, you're a good God and a gracious God, and we love you. We ask your blessings on this time. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know about you. Uh, there's a lot of things that I don't know. I think I know some things. I think that uh, if it was quantified, if there was some way to do that, I believe that Amazing Grace would be America's greatest hymn. I mean, that song has made it into country music. It's made it into folk music. It's made it into pop music. All of those have uh, sung Amazing Grace. It's probably uh, the most easily, probably the most identified hymn that we have. And the reason for that is that Amazing Grace, in its utter simplicity, shares the totality, the whole story of the gospel. And uh, God's amazing grace is at the very center of everything that we believe as Christians. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, in verses 8 and 9, Paul says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Could it, Paul couldn't have made it any clearer. It's because of the grace of God that we are able to enter into the relationship with God. It's because of his grace that we're here this morning. It's because of God's grace that we have the hope of an eternity in heaven with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul uh, made it clear that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's all the whole story. And therefore, there are no grounds for any of us to be able to boast about anything. But also we need to understand that in human nature, the thing that probably guides most of the decisions that we make in life, because of human nature uh, in its fallen state, grace is entirely opposed to fairness. Actually, one of the inherent difficulties that each and every one of us struggle with is uh, this understanding of fairness. You see, fairness uh, works when it is about uh, dealing with children, raising children. We want to teach them to be fair. Or if we're involved in some kind of... <coughs> athletic competition we want the referees to be fair from one side or the other but fairness works in those situations 
But when it comes to life, when it comes to eternity, when it comes to dealing with sin or dealing with good works, fairness doesn't fit in at all. When it comes to understanding a relationship with God that will result in us going to heaven or not having a relationship with God that uh, relates to us going, spending eternity separated from God in hell, uh, fairness doesn't work at all. As a matter of fact, I'm glad that fairness isn't the standard that our Father uses in our relationships with the Lord Jesus Christ because if I got what I deserved or if you got what you deserved, we wouldn't be spending eternity in heaven. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means that I've sinned. That means that you've sinned. That means that each and every person that you know has sinned. It also teaches that the wages, what we deserve for having that sin in our life, is eternal separation from God. Grace is the total... <laughs> take note of this word. I don't know if it's a real word or not, but I couldn't think of the word that, uh, that I was trying to think of, so I just made this word up. It's a total refutation. Is that a word? It's a total refutation of fairness. In other words, it refutes what fairness is all about. And uh, the whole point of the parable that we're dealing with this morning is this refutation, the refuting of this understanding of fairness. So let's look at the parable this morning. In this parable, Jesus defines uh, grace in a way that I think is counterintuitive. I think it's frankly a bit outrageous the way he defines grace in this uh, parable, especially when it comes to human common sense and our understanding of fairness. Evidently, this landowner uh, had a huge vineyard and he needed to hire. I don't know if they have that here in uh, uh, bells or not, but in a lot of the larger cities and, well, sometimes even in the smaller cities, you have a place where day laborers gather together. And you can go and you can find a day laborer. If you just need somebody to work in your yard or work on your farm or something, it's not somebody you want to hire to work all the time, but just you need a day laborer. There's a place where you can go and these day laborers, these people that just want to work for the day, that they, they gather together there. And you can go and you can pick up however many that you need. And so he went uh, early in the morning. And uh, you have to understand that the Jewish day started at 6 o'clock in the morning. And it usually ended at 6 o'clock in the evening. And so here in the early morning, at 6 o'clock in the morning, he went and then found some day laborers there at the marketplace. And he, he, he told them, he said... Uh, he negotiated with him, you come and work in my vineyard today and I'll pay you a denarius. Now, we don't know exactly what a denarius is in 
today's money, but it was supposed to be uh, the average of uh, what a day's labor would bring in that time. So somewhere, he said, I'll give you a denarius for working that day, a day's wages for working that day. And then when he got out to the vineyard, he thought, he said, man, I'm going to need more help. So at the third hour, he went back. This is 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, he went back and he got some more day laborers. You come out and I'll pay you whatever is right. Okay? Uh, a denarius is what he's paying the people from the, at 6 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, he says, I'll pay you whatever you deserve, whatever is right to you. And they went out and they were working and they still weren't going to get done. So at the, at the sixth hour, which was about noon, he went back to the marketplace and he got more laborers. I'll pay you what is right. And then at the ninth hour, which is about three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll, he went back to the marketplace and he said, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you whatever is right and took them out to the vineyard. And even again on the eleventh hour, he went back, which was about five o'clock in the afternoon. He went back and uh, he saw some people standing there doing nothing. And he says, so you guys have just been standing here doing nothing all day? And uh, why have you been doing that? And, and they said to him, because nobody has hired us. Nobody has wanted us to go work. And he says, okay, then you come out to my field and I'll pay you whatever is right. And so they went to the vineyard. And then at 6 o'clock, when the evening had come and the day was over, he told his steward, he says, it's time to pay these people. I want you to pay them all, starting the ones that came last and then going to the ones that came first. And so the steward did that, and he called those that had just gotten there at 5 o'clock. They'd only worked an hour, and uh, he gave them a denarius, which was the, what he had originally told the people that came at 6 o'clock in the morning. And he gave them a denarius. And then the people that came in the ninth hour, the people that came at three o'clock in the he gave them a denarius. The people that came at noon, he gave them a denarius. And when the people that came at nine o'clock in the morning, he gave them a denarius. And the people that came from six o'clock in the morning, he gave them a denarius too. And the Bible says that those that came early, they complained a little bit and said, well, we thought you'd be giving us more because we worked out here in this hot sun all day long. We carried the burden. We did much more work. I mean, we've been here all day, and you're giving us the same amount of the, that you gave those that came at 5 o'clock in the afternoon? That doesn't make sense, and it doesn't make sense, does it? It does I mean, to our sense of fairness, that just I mean, I'd be kind of like the people at 6 o'clock. I'd say, why in the world are you giving them who just worked an hour the same amount that you're giving me when I worked at 12, uh, for, for 12 hours. And people would say, hey, man, that's just not fair. But guess what? This is something that we all need to learn in life. And if you hear enough, listen, you, most of you know this already. But let me tell you, let me reiterate it so that uh, it might remind you. Folks, listen to me. Life is not fair. Amen? If you are going to be looking for fairness in everything that happens in life, you're going to live a disappointed life because life 
is not fair. I mean, some people get breaks that other people uh, don't get. And if we're sitting around and uh, complaining about what other people get and what we don't get, uh, uh, we're going to live a miserable life. So one of the things we need to learn about that is that life isn't fair. But I want you to notice something else here, that when he went back at the 11th hour and he saw the laborers and he asked them why they weren't working, and they said nobody would hire us. It wasn't because they were lazy, okay? Jesus here is not commending people that refuse to work, that people that are just lazy and they don't want to work. He's not commending those people. It wasn't that they were just didn't want to work. It's because they didn't have the opportunity to work. They weren't able, nobody hired them. And so what we find here, and when the landowner said... Uh, uh, well, you come out, they didn't argue, they didn't hesitate for a moment. They said, yes, sir. And they got in the wagon and they went out to the vineyard and they worked as hard for that hour as the others did. Not as long, but they still put the effort in. And God doesn't judge us by uh, how much we get done. What he judges us by is the effort and the desire to do what he wants us to do, to fulfill the opportunities that he's given us. Now, some of us have been given greater opportunities than others have, and he's going to judge us concerning how many opportunities that he's given us and how many of those opportunities we've fulfilled, not what we haven't been able to do or what we weren't able to do, but the job that he places before us is what he's asking each and every one of us to fulfill. But see, then came the issue of payment. And when, uh, let, let me put it in today's day, numbers. These are just numbers off the top of my head. Let's say a denarius, a day's wage. I don't know what an hourly wage is for Today, it seems to be fluctuating. It seems to be going up every time I uh, turn around. So let's say, let's just say that a day's wage is $100. A lot of you make more than $100. Some of you make less than $100. Let's just say, because it's easier to, for my brain to work, let's just say it's $100. And you'd think that the person that worked 12 hours would get $100. That's what the day's wage was. You'd think that the person that worked nine hours, that's three-fourths, you'd get $75. The person that worked six hours, that's a half a day, he'd get $50. The guy that worked three hours, he'd get 25 And the one that just came in the last, he'd get somewhere under that. We don't know exactly what it would be. But that's what common sense would give. Amen? Shake your head. Look intelligent. Am I crazy here? That's what... That's what that's what you would expect him to pay. But that's not what he did. And this is where the second point, this is where the problem comes in. Because he paid the guy that was there one hour, $100, just like he paid the guy uh, that was there for 12 hours, $100. And if we're honest, that has to be at least a little bit offensive to our sense 
of fairness. If I work 12 hours and somebody else works an hour, I think it would be a little bit upsetting to me if uh, the person who worked one hour got paid the same thing that I did. And if you look there in verse 11, that's exactly what happened. It says that those that were there from the beginning uh, complained uh, to the landowner. They expected at least to uh, get more. And the landowners responded and said, you agreed to work this day for $100. Amen? You agreed to work today for $100. I gave you $100, didn't I? Then I did what I told you that I would do. And he told that to all of them. And uh, he says, did I go against our agreement? I mean, isn't it lawful for me to do what I want to do with what is mine? And they had to agree with that. Now, listen, this is where we draw the line here, where we start connecting the dots, because actually he's saying that this is an illustration of uh, what heaven is going to be like. And what he's saying is there are going to be some people, like my wife, who never did anything uh, uh, bad that she, I, I mean, as far as I know, her parents told me she never gave them any trouble. I don't know if she ever got a spanking in her life. She was, she, she needed a couple of them, but she never got one. Uh, uh, but uh, she, she accepted Christ at a very young age. And she lit, grew up in the church. She always did good things. Now then there are other people like me that did a bunch of ugly stuff. And I didn't accept Christ until I was 23, 22, 22 when I accepted Christ. There are some people that didn't accept Christ until they're in their 50s. There are some that don't accept Christ until they're in their 70s or 80s. I've led a man to the Lord that was 84 years old. I had the privilege of baptizing him. He was 84 years old. Let me tell you something about God's Equality. The person that accepts Christ when they're six and they do everything right, they're going to get the exact same welcome in heaven to the person that was 84 when he accepts Christ. You know, it's never too late. Isn't that great about God? That's what grace is, folks. You see, it's not about what we do. It's about what he did. It's not how much we've served him or how little we've served him. It's how much he served us when he allowed his son Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty of your sin and for my sin. It wasn't just for some of our sins, but it was from for all of our sins. And it didn't matter if you had just a few teeny tiny what we call little tiny sins or big gross sins it doesn't matter because you see what God says is that the little tiny ones are the same as the big gross ones when it comes to the righteousness of God you see so so many people think sometimes well I've lived such a good life you know I've had people tell me that when I talk to them you remember I, I mentioned this last week too I believe 
for those two diagnostic questions. If, if, uh, if, do you know for certain if you were to die tonight, you'd spend eternity with God in heaven? Sure I do. Okay, if that's the truth, then tell me. If you were to go to heaven and Jesus were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you say? Well, some people say, well, I've lived a pretty good life. I've never cheated on my wife. I've never, I've never uh, robbed any banks. I haven't killed anyone. I, I'm, I'm kind to dogs, you know. I, I, you know, I, 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 I lived a pretty good life. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of people that lived a pretty good life that never cheated on their wives, that never robbed a bank, that never uh, murdered anybody, that never kicked a dog, that are going to split hell wide open because they didn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's not what we do or have done. It's what he did on Calvary's cross. You see, that is... That is what grace is all about. You know that there are people in prison right now. You may have been a member of this church your entire life from the time you, you were on the cradle roll. And you'll be here until you die. And there's somebody in prison that has spent life in prison who gave his heart to Jesus in prison and he's going to get to heaven just the same way that you did. Because it's not up to what we do. It's all about what Jesus has done. So here's the point. The thief on the cross was just as welcomed in heaven as we are. And there's one other point that I want to share with you before we bring this to a close. And I think this is important. Uh, maybe just because I'm a preacher, but, but it's important to me. If you look there in verse 11, it says, And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. When they had received their pay, this is talking about the people that came there early, 6 o'clock in the morning, they worked all day. When they received their denarius, they complained to the landowner. Can I tell you that one of the most destructive sins that people commit is being jealous of other people or being, you know, grumble or complain against what God's doing for other people and maybe perhaps it's not happening for them. That is a destructive way of living, folks. And it's not just here in this verse, but it's throughout the scriptures. There is a principle that we're not to grumble, that we're not to complain. In James chapter 5 and verse 9, it says, Do not grumble against one another. Do not grumble against one another. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, Do all things without complaining or grumbling and disputing. Folks, listen to me. 
what God desires for us, what God is given to us, is beyond measure. Amen? He's given us the, uh, the assurance of an eternity in heaven. Oh, how could we ever complain about that? Uh, what, how, what do we, we teach our children? How's that little song go? It's better, uh, don't be, be humbly grateful rather than grumbly hateful. Be humbly grateful rather than grumbly hateful. Don't be envious of what God has done in other people's lives. Don't, don't feel cheated because God has done something in somebody else's life that he hasn't done in your life. What you have to do is recognize what he has done in your life. And this is what he's done. He allowed his son Jesus to die on Calvary's cross for you. Yeah, he allowed his son Jesus to die on Calvary's cross for you. Let's not be envious of what he's done for others. <clears throat> Let us be grateful for what he's done for us. Amen? Oh, folks, listen to me. God loves you. He loves you so much. And he wants so much for you. And you give your heart to him. The Bible says delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now there's two ways of looking at that. Some people look at it and say, well, if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me everything I desire. I don't think that's really the way to look at it. I think if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will establish the desires in your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. And all what that is, what that is, is to be graciously uh, thankful to everything God has done in your life. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you speak to the hearts of everyone here. Lord, help us to remember this wonderful outpouring of love that you've given to each and every one of us. Help us to be uh, so thankful and appreciative of what you've done for us in giving your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to understand the greatness of what is ours in Christ. We thank you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen.